When rebuilding something iconic, how do designers decide what stays and what goes? How do you preserve the essence of what customers love while creating something revelatory? Where's the balance between heritage and innovation? In episode one, The Art of Iteration, we delve into the bold decision to rebuild Ghost for a new era. We uncover the obsessive nature that propels Rolls-Royce and its remarkable team forward. And we get a taste of the five-year-long pressure that was, as you'd imagine, immense. I'm Johanna Agman-Ross, design editor and curator, and this is Ghost Stories. I'm here with Rolls-Royce designer Henry Cloak, who has spent the last five years working on the new Ghost's external redesign. Before we get on to the story of the day, I wondered if we can look back a little bit and actually see where it all started. How did you get into cars in the first place? Um, I think from a child, and I think lots of car designers will say the same thing, it's just something they've always done is scribble cars on any piece of paper you can find. Um, And then one day it slowly turned into a career and I bought different magazines as I was even at primary school or at secondary school of how did car design work? And yeah, found the courses I would one day like to study and the places that you would have to study it because there's really not that many places to do it. So as a child, what was the first object that you couldn't put down? It was like a little model car, typically, as I guess you'd expect. It was one of these ones that you can push forwards and backwards, but but doesn't steer. And yeah, my favourite colour is red and it probably stems from this little wooden red toy car that I had. And <laughs> so... You share a history with the sculptor Charles Robinson Sykes, who created the spirit of ecstasy for Rolls-Royce, and it's that you both studied at the Royal College of Art here in London. As a graduate of the much-revered vehicle design course there, which came first for you, a desire to study at the Royal College or a determination to work at Rolls-Royce? I mean, firstly, that's the first time I've actually heard it about Sykes, so that's a real, yeah, a fact I didn't know. So oh, I'd, great, I'm happy I could yeah. enlighten you. Yeah, when I said as a child, I kind of looked how car designers studied. I think I was yeah, maybe at the start of secondary school or end of primary school. My yeah, my father took me to the RCA degree show. So then I got to see yeah, these scale models that the students had made who had then graduated. You could get a little book that had everybody's projects in. So I knew it existed for quite a long time. The rest of my school career was more or less yeah, focused on that as a end goal, let's say. So I studied everything from art to science to graphics. And I think what we do now is really this blend of the artistic creative side and the quite technical engineering side. I think that was a good basis at school, always towards that end goal. What really the RCA gave me that I didn't have before is my previous degree when I did a bachelor's was more about how do you build a car? How do you style a car? What are the almost fundamental rules of how something appears. But then you go to the RCA and they put together students from every different discipline and you're all kind of, one, you share the same student bar, which is quite important, and also you share studios and you reflect on how other people work, how a ceramist would work, how a hat maker would work, how different people look at problems or look at the world and you have a far more, hopefully, holistic approach when you leave. And what about designers at this point? Were there any particular designers that you looked up to or admired? Probably, maybe this is what drew me to Rolls-Royce also, is I tend not to look strictly just at automotive designers, but I even like, I don't know, like you know, Thomas Heatherwick's bridge that unfolds, or even if you see something like Heston Blumenthal doing food, I like that an object or something that actually has a function that has a sense of theatre to it. And it has this visual authenticity. And I think that's what I quite like. 
And how long have you been at Rolls-Royce now? Oh, it's nearly eight years now. Yeah, it's gone so fast, I have to think about it when you ask me, but it's gone really quickly. So you've been there for the full five years of the development of the new Ghost. Can you describe the essence of it? Ghost for us is really, I think it's almost the most difficult to work on because it's the purest representation of Rolls-Royce. When you, Because I worked previously on the Phantom and the Cullinan and they are such a unique product in themselves that there's nothing like a Phantom and there had never been the Rolls-Royce of SUVs before. But Ghost is a saloon car, but it has to be the very, very best of saloon cars. And I think the saloon format, as in it has a, a bonnet, a cabin, and a separate boot, is it's a bit like drawing hands or faces. Like, we're so tuned in to how that typology of car should be, you have such a small margin in which you can make this yeah, iconic Rolls-Royce saloon. You mentioned Ghost is the purest expression of Rolls-Royce. What do you mean by that? Stylistically, we were really inspired by this sense of minimalism and this, if the whole world is so complicated, it's actually a pure thing that stands out. So if you imagine a street where everything is grey, the thing that is white will stand out. Or if you imagine buildings that are all, as we look out the window in London, all rectangular, the one that's pyramidal is the one that stands out. So for us, we thought, okay, in this really complicated world where we're yeah, always busier and busier and busier, this sense of serenity both inside the car, but also this sense of serenity when you look at it, it should look like it was effortless, even though it really wasn't to do. Given the challenges, a best-selling model with a nine-year-long history, the emblematic nature of a Rolls-Royce car, was there a particular catalyst behind the rebuild? That's a bold decision to make. We knew, like, from the technology side that we are now at a point we could deliver better. So we knew from the from the ground up we could really offer an even better skeleton on which to build the body. Um, so we took lots of the lessons we'd learned from Phantom and the lessons we'd learned from the new Cullinan and we've brought those into Ghost. So if we were going to do a new car from this point of time, obviously it had to take ground up all the lessons we've learned the last few years. But I have to say the Ghost that's only just finishing production when that first came out, you looked at it and you went, okay, that is really how a Rolls-Royce should be. And actually, when you start working on something, you realize how much effort you have to put in to make it look like it's not trying too hard. It's quite easy to overstyle something or overwork something. But to have that feeling that when you see the finished result, you go, of course, it should be. It should feel like this. As a designer, how do you balance the heritage of the existing ghost with the desire to innovate for the new one? I just look at it not as in a a detail or a set of rules, but the the spirit or the fundamental of why you did something. And I think what meant the current ghost was in the market for so long and still at the end looked so good was it was this purity sense. What we thought we could do now is we've realized more and more people want to drive the cars themselves. So we wanted to give it that accent. When you see the face of the car, it just feels a bit more assertive. The eyes are more focused. And I think that slightly reflects the the customer that is also getting more and more dynamic and younger and younger. And yeah, some will drive the car and some won't. But we've actually had a big rise in people that want to drive the cars themselves. So what's the face of the new Ghost? It's definitely a bolder face. The eyes look yeah much more focused. And the grill is now present day and night, let's say. 
Half a decade is a long time to hold focus. How do the new Ghost project team and the hive of Rolls-Royce collaborators stay the course? Talking to them, it seems there are myriad answers, but select themes stand out. First, perseverance, and second, a strong sense of camaraderie. As the group honed the purity of the new Ghost's design, they found themselves bonded by a shared goal, to create the most perfect motor car they could, then refine it beyond what they thought possible. What did it mean to you personally to be given this opportunity? I think when you look back, you think, oh, wow, actually, that was a huge amount of pressure. But at the time, and it's maybe because from a child, you've always just drawn cars on the back of things that actually you just you continue doing it as you would normally. So you continue doing it as your creative pursuit and you don't necessarily think, oh, hang on a minute. I've got this opportunity to do something amazing. It's only when you look back and you realize, okay, I was, yeah, in my mid-twenties at the time and someone trusted us to do this. Do you remember if there were any moments that were particularly challenging where you thought, actually, I'm going to give up on this or a detail that you had to just abandon because it wasn't possible anymore? I mean, this wasn't one that was abandoned, but was very, very nearly abandoned. So when we present the design to be finally approved, we build these these models internally that are, yeah, they're amazing, really. You'd think they were a real car. It doesn't have a motor in, but it can drive around slowly. And everyone thinks it's the real car. And at the same time, we also present a movie. And this movie shows the context of how the car will be used. It showed the city of London and the car driving around and then escaping off into the countryside. So I think it was probably the morning of the presentation. We managed to remove one of the elements around the spirit of ecstasy, which we'd seen as a compromise and we wanted to get further and further and reduce and reduce and it was really the morning of we found out we could actually really go for the one we wanted to do. So for you what does the new go stand for? It reflects what Rolls-Royce is really about in its spirit which is that whatever you do you just every day try and make it a little bit better and I think this new ghost project was great because from every side of the company everyone pulled out an effort to what is effectively replace a extremely good car already but we wanted in every area to push ourselves and push the technologies and push our crafts to just be one bit better in every area. I'm going to bring in Bernard Ressler here, someone else who appreciates that level of pressure and expectation that Henry talks about. Inspired into engineering by his father and after a stint working on aerospace, the accomplished Dr. Dressler continued the family profession but ultimately he decided a career closer to people, to customers, was his calling and a move into the automotive sector ensued. Bernard is the project leader of the Ghost Rebuild. He's responsible for the heavy lifting, bringing cohesion across design, engineering, testing and finance and production. Essentially, the success of the project overall is his responsibility. No small assignment. Bernard, given how many people are involved, what I'm interested to know is how you ensure clarity of concept throughout development, and how does the process of distillation work on the ground for you is it one sprint or a phased approach? I would say there are different phases in the project. At the beginning, this design phase is a very, very intensive discussion and really push the technical uh, solutions to the limit. Then the second project phase is when the engineering and the testing starts and you have to redesign some details, whether we, for example, keep a feature in or rather leave it out because it doesn't work as we expected it to to work, that's also very painful. 
And finally, the last phase is the industrialization, where we have to make sure we can not only build one car, one prototype car, but we can build that car in a serious production every day in a serious process. And in this last phase of the project also, there are a lot of details to be finalized to make sure the quality is repeatable every day. No matter who assembles the car, we always have to achieve the same quality level. So this is also a very intensive discussion we have with the production plant and with the suppliers. I mean, you know the backstory to all of those final details. For you, what was the most difficult decision that you had to make throughout the process of creating this new car? Oh, there were a lot of difficult decisions to make, believe me. (laughs) 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 Well, what was the most difficult one? The most difficult thing is to make decisions between uh, what can we build, what does the design ask for, what would be desirable from a customer point of view, and what we really can technically build. There are always points in time when you have to make a decision, um, go left or right, take the feature in or leave it out. And now that you look at the car fully complete, what do you see exactly? When I look at the car, I'm in love with the car. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I'm in love with the car, meaning I just want to drive it. I just want to feel it. I want to sit in the car. I want to look at it. I want to touch it from outside also. I want to touch these these lovely design parts, this side frame furniture made of stainless steel from the A pillar to the back of the car to the C pillar and um, this stainless steel grill. It's real metal. It's uh, really handcrafted. So this is such a difference to a normal car brand um, these features that only Rolls-Royce can build. For those who don't know their A-pillar from their C-pillar, simply put, these vertical pillars frame the windows and connect to the roof. So looking back at the early sketches and the first design boards, does the new ghost reflect the vision that you imagined? Yes, I imagined to build uh, the very best car that I've ever built. I've done a lot of car projects before, but I've never done such a project which is such an emotional product, I would say. What about New Ghost's proportions make it beautiful? They are just perfect. Um, That's a question I think we have to ask uh, Henry. (laughs) Rolls-Royce launched the original Ghost in 2009. A decade's worth of change brought with it a stream of questions for designers and engineers that had to be considered in real time as each phase of the project came and went. And the New Ghost was created layer by layer. What did that mean for the people bringing it to life? an obsessive team by nature who interrogated big overarching propositions like how has the definition of luxury changed over the last 10 years and how should the new ghost shapeshift to outshine its predecessor? For you, Henry, how does the new ghost meet today's expectations of luxury? I think it does it in in many different ways. I think as an experience, people expect products from any luxury house to be thought out from every dimension. So how they will view it should feel done to a certain level, the interior and the exterior should fit together and there should be a complete level of authenticity through everything. So I think you're, when you're buying something such as a Rolls Royce, you expect that every detail has really been thought about so that the customer isn't putting the thinking into using it. They should get an effortless experience. But for this to happen, everyone has to put in 
a lot of thought and a lot of work before to purify it to that level. And here's Bernard on the topic. Yes, that's a very interesting question. What is conceived as, as a luxury? What is luxury for us? And the Ghost, I think, is a very good example for the Rolls-Royce brand. Luxury is not a lot of details. It's not a lot of bling-bling in the car. Luxury is simplicity. And luxury is simplicity um, because simplicity in a car isn't easy to achieve. With all the functions that the car has today, that is not only driving car, that is also entertainment, that is driver assistance, that is how to steer all the electric motors, uh, for example, uh, to manage your seat setting. That is a lot of technology in the car, but we don't want to make it complicated for our customers. We want to make it effortless, and effortlessness is only achievable if the interface is simple. And when you look at today's world, Henry, in terms of how people are living, driving, thinking and feeling in 2020, how do you see the design of the new Ghost as a response to that? I mean, we mentioned earlier how I, you're always doodling things, or from a child onwards, you're always scribbling cars, and I probably... When we started this project, you'd sit on an aeroplane almost with a boarding pass and I would always scribble on the back and if the person next to me looked too closely, I'd draw sails on it and pretend it wasn't a car. <laughs> um, but now we're always on our phones. Your boarding pass is just an app and you're even on the plane constantly looking at something. Um, so I think this reason for a detox or a purifying experience, this was always in Ghost, but actually that need has come greater and greater and greater. So we've managed to put more and more technology in there, which is the expectation of our daily lives now, but do it in such a way that you keep this serenity feeling. So you're in your little oasis, even if you're in your hectic day-to-day -day life. This digital experience that we're all having on a daily basis, minute by minute, hour by hour. Do you think because so much of what we experience is now happening through a digital sphere in a non-physical place, that the sensory experience of driving is more important now than it has been? I don't know if it's the experience of driving yourself, but it's actually probably the idea of when you sit in the car, you can you can really feel the carpet between almost between your toes because people like to take their <laughs> shoes off when they see the lambswool rugs but actually you can see and touch things that have been made have been crafted the wood is really wood and the metal parts are metal and they feel cold and I think those senses are probably not used enough because we're always using our eyes and in a Rolls Royce you have the sense of smell the sense of touch and actually the opposite of the sense of sound it's just so silent these senses you suddenly get rewarded again because normally yeah, we're just flicking through a screen. Do people actually take their shoes off to feel yeah, the lamb's wool carpet? Quite a lot. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> brilliant. <laughs> Have you tried it? I've used my hands. <laughs> Rumor has it that the new Ghost is much more fun to drive, to have at your fingertips. Why is that? The first time you turn the wheel, you're suddenly surprised how agile it is. It still retains this magic carpet ride that Rolls-Royce is so famed for, this feeling that you just glide over anything so you you almost start looking for a manhole cover and you drive over it just because you can't feel it this agility you don't expect from the outside perfecting the new ghost required a level of what i would politely call obsession in the people who touched the rebuild could the new model have been made by anyone other than rolls royce let's give the last word to bernard <laughs> i think that there is no other car manufacturer that can create 
a car that is so emotional. There are a lot of car manufacturers who create a car from a technical point of view, but not as, as, as emotional as a Rolls Royce because the, the emotion connected to the brand and the whole team spirit is driven by this brand spirit. Um, that is unique and I think no other manufacturer could do this. Knowing when and how to reevaluate and iterate successful design isn't an exact science. It relies on a mix of intuition, dedication and capability, on being perceptive enough to recognize where global sensibilities are going next and having the talent to properly execute your bold choices. The five-year quest to reimagine Ghost's identity, its power, purified design and serenity, rested on the grit of a devoted cohort, requiring them to discern what the world makes of luxury today and define what that means for Rolls-Royce. The new Ghost embodies a mindful approach to luxury, one that gives customers a physical and mental oasis, and is crafted by designers and engineers who've taken the guesswork out of perfection. Join us for the next episode when we shift topics and ask how exactly did Rolls-Royce go about designing a car for the future? I'm Johanna Augman-Ross, design editor and curator, and this is Ghost Stories. Hi, I'm Henry Cloak from the design team of New Ghost. A quick end note for our listeners. If you'd like to find out more, please contact your nearest Rolls-Royce dealership.